1969 gold Cadillac with a white interior, and I drove it up here, and I've just been cruising around. gold Cadillac with a white interior, and I drove it up here, and I've just been cruising around in it on the freeway, and I'm having a really, really good time. Just smoking big spliffs and cruising that Cadillac on the freeway, it's a good feeling, I'll tell ya. Can I say? Makes me jism.
music on the Pollard Radio Station. And the preacher said, you know, you always have the Lord by your side. And I was so pleased to be informed of this that I ran 20 red lights in his honor. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.
Isten vette, guns and ammunition, police at the ease in the street. Oh yeah, fighting the nation with guns and ammunition.
Fast die young and leave a good looking corpse. This is Flat Black Plastic on Mutiny Radio.fm. Thanks for listening. It's uh, happy, I'm happy to hear you, you know people are listening to this. And remember, we need you to donate money to us because we need it as much as anyone else. So just shove it around different places. Like us.
Welcome, distinguished guests, uh, to LWAFLMOYT. LWAFLMOYT. Oh, that's an acronym. Acronym. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. Hi, Mike. Thank you very much for having me back on your show. Oh, it's always a pleasure to have you back as a guest on Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. I'm on a streak. Yeah. I think it's because you're a co-host. That, that oh. yeah, that you wrote the song we just heard, that you had researched and uh, watched several times a movie we're about to watch. Yes, yes. That you interviewed a New Jersey comedian and and got pertinent questions for our count celebrity comedian countdown. Good to have you back as a guest. Thank you very much. Happy to yeah. be here. Happy to be here. Mutiny Radio. FM. Uh, yeah, listen to us every Sunday at 2 p.m. We stream here first on mutinyradio.fm. We follow what's really happening with Luke Sayer. Great fucking show. Uh, he gets a lot of live guests in there, a lot, a lot of great stuff. We love that show. Uh, we love Mutiny Radio Monday and Friday. They do live comedy shows, they have comedy shows throughout the Bay, uh, throughout San Francisco Mission District where the station is located. I don't think it deviates. I don't think there's like a cow hollow show. I think no. it's just right there in the Mission District of San Francisco. So you can check it out at mutinyradio.fm. We would love for you to donate. You can hit the donate now button there. You could go to Patreon. You could go to Venmo. Just make sure you donate at, at Mutiny Radio. Carl, our podcast, we watch a full length movie on YouTube. You watch yes. it with us and listen yes. to the podcast at the same time. These are movies that I read about. And now, thanks to YouTube, I could just watch them. Carl, what is the movie we are watching tonight? Today we will watch Deadline Auto Thief. Theft. Deadline Auto Theft. Deadline Auto. Yeah, it sounds like thief. That's the first yep. thing I saw when I saw the title. And I'm like, okay. Okay. Well, no, but all right. So it's Deadline Auto Theft. Theft. And... 1983. Okay. That's what you put in the YouTube search engine. Searching and the channel out. we like is Car Chase Wonderland, Wonderland 2. 2. Right. So don't if you if you're on Car Chase Wonderland one, quickly gather your things, run yeah. back out, search Get for out. Deadline it's Auto not. Theft, 1983, Car Chase Wonderland. So as Carl said, you find the link, you click it, you're gonna hit pause, move the timer to zero zero zero, uh, and then we're gonna listen to a comedian. Carl has interviewed a celebrity comedian, and they're gonna give us the countdown. And when that comedian says go. We want you to hit the little triangle at the bottom of your screen. Carl, take it away. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Celebrity Comedian Countdown, this time with Dave Zaitsik. Welcome, Dave. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Now, Dave, I know you as a Hudson Valley comedian. Do you think that's fair? Yeah, absolutely. When people say you're from upstate New York, doesn't that piss you off? You're not, right? No, definitely not. And it's funny because I started off, I was living in Jersey when I first started doing stand-up in Northern Bergen County. And uh -huh. I kind of fell in with the Rockland comedy scene. So when people heard that I was a Rockland comic, a New York comic, Hudson Valley comic initially, they were kind of like, well, I, I guess, you know, so. <laughs> but now full-fledged living in Hudson Valley. Yeah, you've relocated, and that is it. And that's where I see you when I bump into you. It's usually there in Nyack or somewhere like that. Absolutely. So one of the things I like about you is your your impressions, right? Yeah. Now, sometimes you see a comedian do an impression, and what they're really doing is an imitation of another comedian they heard do the impression. You're not like right. that. 
How did you fall into impressions? How did you know you were good at it or get good at it? Well, it's funny because I started doing impressions when I was a kid, like young, probably around uh, 11, 12 years old. I was already doing impressions. Pretty much everything I watched on TV, you know, Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck, Bart Simpson. Um, and then as I got older, I started doing impressions of like Christopher Walken and people like that just in passing. But it kept growing and it quickly became clear that this was something I could do at a, at a different level, you know, so I felt. And, and you do a great Governor Cuomo, you know, Thank that's you. kind of current. That's no childhood thing, right? No, absolutely not. Yeah. Eventually, when he is back out of the public domain, <laughs> people will forget his voice. That's right. You'll He's be on to those, the next one. Yeah. And most of the impressions that I do are not necessarily timeless. But they're people that'll exist in the public consciousness for more than, say, a year or two, and then yes. they'll be, uh, you know, faded into the background. Smart. So you I got to retire one longevity. That I'm, yeah, and I got to retire one I'm good at, unfortunately, <laughs> uh, prematurely. But what are you going to do? So also in New York, up in Slotesburg, you're doing Slaughter stand-up. It's sort yes. of like it, it's 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 like a comedy production company. Or tell me about that. Yeah, so uh, Slaughter Stand-Up started off initially as myself, Eric Albert, uh, Dan Marino, and Monty Mason. Uh -huh. And uh, the four of us kind of came together and realized that we had a good opportunity to produce shows together at Characters. And, and over the years, we've done a couple of other venues as well, but Characters is the one that we had the most longevity at. I think we've been producing comedy there for, uh, it's got to be 10 years now. Yeah, 10 Whoa. full years of monthly shows at Characters. and. And Eric and I run a, a weekly trivia night of characters as well. So we've got a you know, good long-standing relationship with them over there. So what night of the week is it's still ongoing, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. The trivia we do uh, every Wednesday at Characters, and we do a once-monthly stand-up show, usually the first Friday of the month. Like our most recent one was just two nights ago, uh, you know, Friday on uh, gotcha. recording. Yeah. Uh, June 2nd or 3rd, whatever that was. Correct. Okay, so yep. Also for producing shows, you used to do a show at Levity Live called Miked Up. Now, Levity yeah. Live is, is at, at Palisades Mall. Mm -hmm. And uh, what? The pandemic took that show away, right? Yeah. Unfortunately, you know, once, once the club closed during the pandemic, you know, they weren't quick to open back up even once things started opening. And then it was limited audiences, limited shows. Um, everything was on smaller engagements for a while. So it kind of kept all the... The shows that weren't, you know, weekend headliner shows, um, anything that wasn't one of those was kind of pressed out, out the door temporarily. Uh, Levity Live is a huge uh, headliner place. I mean, uh, Louis C.K. was there uh, when, af when after he was in trouble. Yeah. Uh, there was, was Kevin Hart there trying new stuff, wasn't Kevin it? Hart, yeah, just a couple months, I think two months ago, he was there doing a weekend of shows that was just the new, new material test for his special. Yeah. So they're a, they're a sort of Friday Saturday headliner kind of place, but do you, so it's coming back though these smaller oh, yeah. shows. Yeah, when yeah. do you think Mike up will be? Um, I would hope it will be back before the summer. Like we're sitting uh -huh. in June right now. I'm I'm hoping before August. Um, you know, there's you can see that now that things are opening up a bit more. I know that they want to bring the show back. Mm -hmm. So it's just a question of coordinating dates. Um, gotcha. But it'll be back in the coming couple months. Okay, now. I want to direct people to how they can find you out there on the internet, on social media. And I think your website is the way to go, but I don't want people to put in Sate sick. Like they don't know how to spell it. Right. Yeah. It's Dave Sate Correct. But and it's S A I T Sate S A I T 
Z-Y-K. Exactly. Z-Y-K. Well, that was very creative. I'm sure that's a stage name you made up, right? I made that one up, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it, it wasn't a dyslexic person on Ellis Island during a lasting image. They were like, what the hell do I do with this? You know? That's the backstory you made up for your stage name. Right. So it is DaveSaitzik.com. S-A-I-T-Z-Y-K. And what, everybody there can find your links to uh, social media, yeah. the shows yeah, you're doing? Exactly, yep. All that bio, some um, quick quick clips, you know, snippets of uh, past performances, that kind of stuff. Okay. So it's the one-stop shop for all Dave Saitzik material. Right, exactly. All things Okay, great. Yeah. Okay, now, Dave, everyone at home is poised to watch this movie at the exact same time as we do. That means they've got to press play at the exact same time. So we're gonna do a countdown and that's why you're here. Dave Saitzik, why don't you give us that celebrity comedian countdown? All right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, three, two, one, play. Thank you, celebrity comedian. We all hit play. Haliki Mercantile. It, he's back, he's back for a third edition. Listen oh. to the car chase. It's slowed down. Is that the ocean or a car? Oh, it's on. Yeah. This little bit, I'm quacking up. Oh, yeah. Well, duck this shit. <laughs> Carl, you mentioned H.B. Halicki. Toby, you're talking about Henry Blight Halinky. This is the right. third fucking movie we've watched in a row directed. There he starring. is. There he is. Now, look how he's in his Gone with in 60 Seconds outfit. Yeah. Oh, the 1974 hairstyle? Yeah. We, we should just say he is a, an amazing character. Unfortunately, passed away in 89, shooting a sequel uh, yes. in a car stunt. But he made these three movies. I guess not technically he made three movies. He uh, released three movies. Right. Some containing... Uh, well, the he first made movie. them. Yeah. So we watched two weeks ago, we watched Gone in 60 Seconds. He yes. came up with the original. It's a great movie. In nineteen eighty one, he would you like to less... watch that film again? I love that movie. I think as a cult movie, I would watch that movie over and over. Okay, guess know, what? You're about to. What are you That's talking about? Big... This is brand new material. I have That's not seen this scene yet. No, Carl, this is they're on a they Look, they went to a construction the site. They're on a helicopter. I've seen his hairstyle. There's his name the third time in a row. I've seen Toby's name. What are you talking about? This is a new original movie. That's what I was expecting. What do you mean? That's what I'm expecting. I watched. I have never seen this car. I've never seen this boat. This have you brand. never seen that car? Oh, um, is Michael Knight in it? Now this is Carl, and this is the daughter of L.A. Cap Police Captain Gibbs. There's Gibbs. Now last week I thought he was Joe Don Baker, and now that that's I had right. a week to think about it, I was wrong. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay, but last week he was in a movie in which he was the number three of a, of a movie company, right? And they were filming a movie in which this car got stolen. Do you recall? Yes. So in, in the last week's movie, directed by Toby, the junk man from the 80s, right. uh, they were shooting a movie called Gone with 60 Seconds. And I know that because I saw a neon sign. I saw a car painting on it. I saw the, the title. The man was the name of the film. Right. Now, so, this is... The daughter is the police chief and the fiance, and she is discovered that she is in Penthouse magazine. 
easy to discover. You just pick, open your mailbox every month. Wow. Stolen chopper. Listen, picks or it didn't happen is what I say. I don't believe you were a centerfold. Yeah. Now look, a familiar shot. Maybe. Why isn't week? it from the junk man? Right. The junk man was that he wanted to reshoot the beginning of Gone with 60 Seconds, right? Well, no, the junk man was its own movie. Okay. He was the director who made Gone in 60 Seconds with a totally different name. And when I saw this scene, I was like, hey, this is neat. We're seeing the movie that they made in The Junk Man. That's interesting. Maybe HB is going to now show us the movie that Harlan, the fake director, made. But no. See, that would be pretty interesting. That's what I thought this movie was. I thought that Gone with 60 Seconds in 1973 was its own beast. And then Junkman was a director who just shot a movie right. called, yeah, so it's meta, right? Yeah, and, meta. You know, right. I, I love meta humor. I've never met a humor I didn't like. Oh, I never. At my age, I'm looking back on my life, and I never met a humor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you see it says, you don't know me on the plate. Yeah. Okay, well, two things about that. One is the police dispatcher is going to get that wrong. She's going to spell it wrong. She's going to say, Delta. Omega, you know, that the internet thinks that's interesting. And the other thing is when the car gets robbed, Carl, the in-law, uh, the fiance, yeah, yeah, he will go, the plate, Mr. Cool, was already taken. And that's funny because in Gone with 60 Seconds, Lyle Wagner's car was called Mr. Cool. Not Lyle Wagner. Gone with 60 Seconds. This well, is... just his photograph. Right. And his Mr. Name. Cool. Yeah. Wow. You know, Mr. Cool was Fonzie's dog in the Saturday morning cartoon version of Happy Days. <laughs> was it really? Yeah, he wore a leather jacket and he had opposable thumbs, the dog. Now, of which course, he would I point saw upwards. every Happy Days, but I was not such a nerd to see the animated series. Look at that. That's a new shot they made. Yeah. Wow. Didn't really destroy the boat. Actually, so thank God. Yeah, that's right. We don't want any sunken ships. Now, what we've got here is, just like last time, it's Hoyt Axton. And he is a very famous uh, folk singer of the day, of the 60s. Not really right now. Uh, but he made a go. lot of money. Look, same shot. This time it goes into the boat. Yeah. Oh, so how many cars? It was the same car that went in? No, they must have. You know, the car count of cars they destroyed is a little skewed. Because 97 of them were destroyed in Gone in 60 Seconds, but we don't see all of it. Why do you bring up a totally different movie, Carl? We've seen that movie. This is an original film called Deadline Auto Auto Thief. And and it's also mixed up with the count of the Junkman's 100 and something cars destroyed. So there's never really a car count. Of what gets destroyed here. No one wanted to do the math. All he wants to do is show crashes. This is all new footage. Yeah. Look, and everyone's getting a hot dog. I'm still believing at this point where this H.B. Halicki is so cool. He's showing us the movie that the junk man was in the middle of making. But no. No, so this is. Now, look, look. They play tennis. But they only have the one racket. They play it off the wall. 
<laughs> they're throwing each other the racket. Only in Los Angeles. Is that where they are? They are in Los Angeles for sure. I don't know about that reservoir part. I forgot what it's called. But thank God her shirt's wet, Carl. I was going to say. He, yeah. you know, his films, this is the third uh, full original full-length movie we're watching from Toby Halinski. <laughs> well, and, uh, this is the third original full-length beginning. He we're seeing have... brand new footage right now. Yeah, I know. This is exciting. I can't wait to watch an entire movie of brand new footage. Oh, I'm so excited. I got myself a <laughs> porterhouse steak right here to dine well, on this. Now, this is Long Beach, California they're in, and the internet thinks it's interesting in a continuity error that Axton is the, an LAPD police chief, and that is right. not- Why would he be who, down there? But none of these cars look like a fire engine or a police car. It's his personal collection. It is his personal collection, and all the cars say LAPD, even though they're in um, Long Beach. Long, Long Beach. Now, there's all these little, what are they called, vignettes? I don't know. Like, these two who we saw in the beginning with the duck, right. we see them throughout. They found the glass. Okay, watch. This is cool. He backs up. Like, how's he going to get away from all these cop cars in this one warehouse that's empty right. now? We need rave music in the warehouse. Rave music would be perfect, but yeah. we won't have the crowd. They'd all die of carbon monoxide poisoning. <laughs> in that, yeah, that's a good point. Now look, see, they go out, they go in, they go out, they go in. Listen, I'm a little disappointed in H.B. Halicki because it was absolutely in his power to do a whole new film. I mean, he loved it. Look at all the effort he's put into right. these car crashes and everything we're seeing here. Um, essentially, this became a director's cut of Gone in 60 Seconds, which I don't think we needed. I really don't think we needed. So now watch this. Yeah. Whoa. Well, that's it. He's done, right? Oh, no. He, there he is. But the thing is, in another movie, that would be the big car crash scene. But in an H.B. Halicki movie, it's just another, you know, just another 60 seconds of screen time. He's always crashing. Right of Long Beach. So it isn't like this is Canada pretending to be Los Angeles. No, this is, no, no. This guy moved to Los Angeles, and I don't know if he wanted to be a movie director because he was – let me just tell you his backstory here. Uh, they were from Dunkirk, New York, which you might have seen. It, remember from the Gone in 60 Seconds, there was the wedding right. that the bad guy was having. Um, and that, that was in Dunkirk. Dunkirk. So his father was from Austria, was an auto mechanic and an automobile salesman, opened his own repair shop in 1919 in Dunkirk, New York, which which is still in operation right now today. It's still a family-owned Halicki. Maybe I should go over there and say, I would it, like to interview you. Yeah, no shit. It was it, it made a cameo in uh, Christopher Nolan's movie Dunkirk about, oh, did it? in World War II. Yeah, so when no. they're uh, – <laughs> It was 1919. That was way before. Yeah, that was in between wars. That was at the hot tip of the World yeah, War One. Yeah, of the world. Seventeen. No, maybe World War One was still raging, and it was winding down by that point. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It was, they were all entrenched. <laughs> Carl, will you please? Your jokes are just over the top. Whoa. So, um. Okay, he was one of thirteen children, uh, because. Some of them were like from his father's first marriage. He was from the father's second marriage. Um, 
And we saw that in um, The Junk Man. He's talking to his daughter, his fake daughter, about being one of 13 children. Anyway, he moved from New York to California, worked on vehicles. He owned his own impound and towing business in the end called H.B. Halicki Mercantile Company and Junkyard. And that's who produced... Right. It's not a movie company who made these films. It's like the auto joint. You know? Right. So but- he, well, he would go on to have an extensive automobile antique collection, toy collection. Which is the best part of Junkman. Last week's movie yes. where we went into his toy house and saw all his cars and all his signs and merchandise. It's that for me. And also the opening credits were, uh, you know, after a week thinking about it, they were fantastic. Yeah. You know, the end credits where he hand painted the end credits on cars yes. and then had like car models uh, posed by him. That's what you I'm know. saying. This guy could have absolutely made us a whole new film. Look at all this new footage we're yeah. seeing and their here, funny here, bits and cars. Here's my crash. problem. I, I feel like I feel like he needs more safety patrol. I mean, unfortunately, he died. And maybe it's a little stupid for me to say this because the guy, you know, it's a little well, disrespectful. Well, he got injured all the time. Now, I don't have a stat on how injured he got in these first films here that's him in the red car right um but, but i mean um, they must have been i mean he must have worked he's an outsider but he must have worked within hollywood safety patrol you know Carl, you ever heard of a movie called roar or like the roar r-o-a-r like a, a lion remind me so it's these lions or tigers i forget i think they're lions but they were actual oh lions and T- tiffy hepburn had these lions and they made a movie and people got injured his crew, the actors, and he released it anyway. Yeah. Uh, so it was released anyway, but it was, I haven't really sat through it. I had the opportunity several times. I just, some movies I just don't want to see. Yeah. But well, I, you that's know. That's all over this film. Everyone yeah. getting hurt. Remember the big jump at the end of Gone in 60 Seconds? It gave him a limp for life. Yeah. And he used that footage over and over again, which, you know, yes. is within his right. He earned it. Was, he earned yeah, it. he earned it. It's an interesting guy. I like these movies. I love the fact that this is finally a third a movie of 100% original material. Oh, no, no. We've already seen uh, the Junkman footage. And we're well, going to see again. Remember, he gets out of his car and he gets onto the helicopter's landing thing. It's like we're going to see that now. And and then we're going to stop seeing original stuff, except for when Hoyt Axton shows up every now and again. Now, look. He set up the wheel. He's got his VW Rabbit. Right, the VW Rabbit. Yeah, of course. Now, the way they did this is he's really on the back of a flatbed truck, and they made the wheels spin. So, he's yeah, he's on the back of a flatbed truck here. Now, this is footage we saw before. Now, right, he, he hit his head. hit in the face. Yeah. And I think that the, the briefcase falling was a mistake. I really do, even though I didn't find that on the Internet. Well, I mean, God forbid he should be carrying a fucking suitcase dangling from a helicopter. <laughs> it's his, it's his, it's his steal the car equipment. Oh yeah, very valuable. Yeah, there's the Volkswagen Rabbit. Yeah, this is the same thing we saw. Same in thing, Park. yeah. Same pauses. So, so I take, I take it this film is just going to repurpose old footage from the last two movies. That's exactly right, and we're still excited right now seeing new footage with other stuff cut in, but eventually it's just going to be all gone in 60 seconds. Like, this is all new footage of him getting right. on and everything, and all the stuff with Carl and and the LAPD chief, Hoyks, is... Hoyks? What's his name? 
No, uh, Kate Axton. Axton in flux over here. There he is. I'm going to get this yeah. guy. He's telling his next person who mistakes me for Joe Don Baker's going to be walking small. Look at him. What an idiot. He doesn't even know how to baseball bat. Okay, Joe Don. Yeah, he's trying to play cricket there. Holding it backwards. Yeah. You know, it's got the flat part with the wide. That's the one way to make a movie. Have a, like a real-time cricket game in the middle. Oh, no. I don't agree with you. I mean, you can make a movie. like That's just not cricket. I had a dream that I was in Zootopia and I was at the comedy club and mm -hmm. the grasshopper was on stage and after every joke I went, how do you like it now? You I don't suck. get it. Is there a drink? Cause, oh, because you're the Yeah, I'm in the audience. Yeah. Oh, look, grasshopper. here we are in New York at the original wedding. From 74? Yeah. Did we just flash back 15 years? Or 11 yeah, years? so do but th the fashions didn't, because they're all, like, polka Polish stuff. You know, he was breathing heavy when he, in real life, went into the helicopter. And he was like, yeah. <sighs> but he's still wearing that stupid, like... <laughs> disguise. Disguise, yeah. Okay, so now what we're finding out is it's the plot of Gone in 60 Seconds. He's been given a deal to get 48 cars within 48 hours. Okay, but this time there's the twist that the police chief was after him. This is the part in which he tells him, you're not going on your honeymoon. You're helping us steal the car. Right, I remember this from two weeks ago. Now, Carl, that actor Carl, I didn't like it watching this film, film because he kept saying, Carl, you're an idiot. Carl, you retard. Carl. You, kept, you kept saying, get a second, honey. I'm watching a movie. Oh, wait a minute. Quiet, Carl. So I got pushed about eight times. Now, the actor who plays Carl, I knew I recognized him before. For this film, I did find his detail. Um, he was twins on The Sopranos. It was Philly and Patsy Parisi, both guys, on the HBO television series The Soprano, oh, various hey. characters in Law & Order, junk, uh, the junk bandit list, Men of Respect, The Yards. He was in Brooklyn as a con Edison man in 1994, the Spike Lee film. Yes. So, his success, if you want to call it that, really came pretty late. You know, it was way after this film. But he was a mathematics professor in between. So he made a living and was in movies. This is all new footage. Yeah. It's the deal getting made that he's going to steal the cars. It's just all this equipment, all these toys are cool. Like a boat and a plane boat. Yeah. And a plane. Well, you know, he made millions off of um, uh, Gone in 60 Seconds, which only cost him $100,000 to make. Now, at the time, he was scraping money together. They would film stuff, then they would stop and spend about a month, month and a half, like repairing 40 cars, would stockpile 10 grand again, let's shoot, you know, he would fund himself. And it was awful when he made millions. That's how he was able to sort of uh, do this collection. Now, the cars that he had for the first film, they were right. really on the cheap. Now, I know that we're talking about 1974 money, but still paying $200, which is what, a court, maybe two grand today for a huge dump truck and a fire trucks. And it's a steal. There's Lyle Wagner's car. Right, Mr. Cool. So, oh my God, this is like, 
I've recognized this movie. This is gone in 60 seconds. We're just. Is his mustache fake? Finger he just edited in. Is his mustache fake? Yeah. These are burning questions from like two, uh, two weeks no, ago. He's, he's wearing a wig for sure. I don't know if his mustache is fake. I don't think so. But that's the same thing he wore when he jumped on the helicopter and climbed up the side. Yes, exactly. So that it would match this footage. Jeez, man. I can't believe he would do all these. I mean, I understand his passion is cars and and stunts. and he. But to also do that helicopter stunt, that's yeah, amazing. Yeah. Well, he thought he was so cool and he was right. He was a badass. Yeah. Well, fuck Tom Cruise. Fuck Tom Cruise in the Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible. No, he does his own. No, he hung on to a plane. He deserves kudos too. It's a different thing I, entirely. I hung, who hasn't I'm hung on to a plane? He's not a badass. It's movie, but he he had the balls to have. Could would you would you no. hang off of a seven? Absolutely not. Off? I would I, I would go to the, uh, make sure that my movie has like a safety team. Stuntman and like unions and professionalism, and that way I know the stunts are being monitored. You now, know, right now he's the LA police chief. Go ahead, turn it up if you want. He's yeah, you know, he's really giving them. That's the remember he dropped it off the car when he got on the chopper. Oh my god, so they're they're so this is new. He got away, and we got a toolbox. Really mad. Now, Troy Axton was an American singer, songwriter, guitarist, and actor. He became prominent in the early 60s, establishing himself on the West Coast as a folk singer. Back then, nobody knew folk music was going to die. Folks, the folk stars were heroes and, you know, big deal on the radio, sure. selling records. They just, when, I don't know, was it when Dylan went electric? I don't know. At some point, people said, forget when Twitter. Music, I think it was like when rock. Twitter came about and people were like, huh. I could hear your political views without a song. Yeah, you, uh, you don't know me. You, you don't, don't. Yeah, you be you. You don't know me. Now he wrote "Joy to the World," which which Three Dog Night made famous. Right. So we talked about it last week. Jeremiah was a bullfrog. <laughs> he did it all folky. <laughs> was a big friend of mine. <laughs> Christmas ruined that song because you hear "Joy to the World" and you think. Christmas, 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 Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I think of um, uh, French food when I hear Jeremiah was a bull. Okay, did you ever hear the <laughs> pusher, the song The Pusher? I'm a pusher, man. Right? I don't know. It's no, a I don't. famous song that he wrote. The no-no song, Greenback Dollar, Della and the Dealer, and Never Been to Spain. Apparently these were big hits for him. Right. He must have been the same by this point. Yeah, there's Los Angeles Airport from two oh. weeks ago. This is the same fucking movie. Yeah, it's so lax. LAX. This same joke from so two weeks lax. ago. And it's the same footage. Right, right. Yeah. Should just, we, you know we what? Just... Why don't we stop now, and I will edit in the part of last week's film and the week before, you know, and we'll rerun too. I dare you. H.B. Halicki, man. I dare you. What a riff. No, but so, okay, you know, our movies selection are usually, I like movies, and I can't think of a, a bad movie. If it puts it, if you could watch it from beginning to end, it's a movie. But okay. there's some films that are fucking ripoffs, and I like watching movies of all stripes, and I do like bad movies, but ripoff movies are my favorite. Oh, what is your, you're... like, uh, Battlestar Galactica? Do you remember the original television series from yeah. the 80s? 
yes. they released the pilot and then the second episode they edited it and released it as a theatrically released yes, I remember. Star Wars looking movie. And it, it, the Golden Turkey Awards like uh, had a category called like worst ripoff and that won worst ripoff. That that really deserves it because a show is not the same as a movie. They're different formulas entirely. No, you know what? We did that for Bad Movie Night at the Dark Room in San Francisco years ago, and we, you know, we live heckled it. So I've seen it. It starts off with the pilot. Here's the politics of uh, Battle right. of Galactica, Star, <clears throat> whole world building. And then an hour into this movie, 40 minutes into this movie, they're at the cantina and they're like, oh, Debbie broke a nail. And like, ah, Toby's got a migraine. It must be because of he has uh, he has to study for finals tomorrow. Oh, but he also has to walk the dog. They kept cutting the commercial. It was a ripoff. What, oh, Deadpool. Deadpool this is new two. footage. This is new footage. Uh, Deadpool was another ripoff because the sequel uh, was R-rated. And on Christmas Day, they theatrically released a PG-13 edit where they added new material where Fred Savage is in the bed from uh, a stupid movie everyone likes. Uh -huh. You know, the Fred yeah. Savage movie. Okay. The, the the one with Andre the Giant and Wallace Shawn and Billy oh. Crystal and Carol Kane. You know, that's Rides, Ride. Ride Heads and Revisited. Princess Bride. Princess Bride. So he's an adult. And Deadpool kidnapped him and put him in this in a studio to recreate the Princess Bride, and he's tied up in the bed. And Deadpool tells him the story of Deadpool Two, the R-rated version. Oh, All the oh, violence is cut out, really, so they could do a PG thirteen version, and they theatrically release it. I've seen it on DVD. It is so he's doing Columbo's part. He's reading to the boy. He's, he is Peter Falk, yes. And at the end of the movie. Uh, he's like, okay, I'm done. Let's get you out of bed. He goes, I can't. My legs are numb. And you can hear the crew crack up, and the camera kind of moves out. And you see it was a set all along. They were just... <laughs> was, it was that good? Was it fun? Well, yeah. I'm a big... I'm a big... I'm not a fan of Ryan Ronald Reynolds, but mm -hmm. and I'm not a fan that Monica, his girlfriend, is not going to be in the third movie. I find okay. that an aberration. The first movie, right? He becomes Deadpool because of Monica, right? His love. Yes. The second movie, he uh, tries to save this kid because he lost Monica, his soul, right? right. He wants his soul. Okay, the heart and soul of Deadpool is Monica. They've already said she's not going to be in the third movie. Okay, so why have the Okay. Yeah, so what's the point? Like, what, where's the, the balance? Where's the, like, what happened to her? You know, what happened to that character? It's ridiculous. Yeah, anyway, it's Carl. like, um, um, what's his name's Do Dead Dog? You love that. Film, the, oh, the yeah, Matrix guy. Listen, man, it was just that Russian guy. He just went a little too far. <laughs> I think if he just took the car and drove out. Yeah. Yeah. So but, Deadpool, Deadpool was released. Deadpool 2, theatrically released. Then it was released on DVD. And then they had like the supersonic deluxe version, super deluxe version. So they added all the outtakes. And there was a lot of backstory with, the, the, with other characters. Then they did a theatrically released as well of Once Upon a Deadpool. So they cranked out like three different yes, cues. out. Yeah. Weezed all out. The so that's we're not talking reason. about the film is we saw it before. We've seen it two weeks ago. Check out our episode. But yeah. Carl, I, I have to tell you, uh, let's think of more ripoff movies. Okay. Um, this movie. Yeah. Well, 
one time um they took a star trek episode on deep space nine and they used all that footage and put in as if they were going back in time so they it was it a ripoff they actually maybe it wasn't because they they did a lot of effort and right they had an ex- okay so what's another yeah. well the spider-man yeah. movie that we saw on this show they released in france that's and right Germany. yes Spider-Man, the television show from then '78, was released yeah. theatrically, and it showed. That's you know, a real TV show. Oh, I just had one too. Oh, you know the Jackass movies—they tend to release a, a .5 version. Okay. So, so there's like Jackass Forever, and there's Jackass 4.5. So if you have Paramount streaming, you can see the theatrically released Jackass Forever. If you have Netflix, you could watch their DVD direct to DVD. Re-edit, so it's like the behind I guess the scenes that's a ripoff, yeah. Like it's the outtakes, but it's. I feel like if you compose the movie, and then you, oh, I have one, Smoke, and the movie called Blue in the Face. Okay. It was uh, Paul Auster was a New York. It's a New York novelist. Uh, Miramax Weinstein during the Weinstein era in the nineties re- released a movie. He worked with Wayne Wang, the director, and they they came out with a movie called Smoke. It's Harvey Keitel. And he's in a neighborhood in a borough. I forget which borough. We got which borough, right? Right. right. Well, it's got to right. be Staten Island. Borough, doesn't it? No, it was West New York, New Jersey. It was, but oh. but they had a store, and like it was about his life, and you know the characters that walked into his cigarette, and they all smoked cigars, they all smoked cigarettes, and they chatted. So they improvise another movie where Thank the you. characters uh, come into this place and just hang out for another 90 minutes. And they theatrically released it. I actually saw it at the Opera Plaza in San Francisco in the screening room. So right. it was like eight seats and Madonna ad-libbing. And I'm like, what a <laughs> fucking ripoff. This is all new footage. Yeah. And Carl is wants his car back. I, can't I want my car back. Yeah. Shut up, Carl. You're a piece of shit, Carl. You're watching this movie like, hey, man, that's just not fair. This is new material. Look at all the footage of the pictures in the background of Carl and his fiance. But that's the thing, like Toby doesn't have sex in this movie, right? It isn't like one of those car crash movies where Hal Needham has like titty women and like a titty no, women by like that's one thing about HB Halicki. He never exploited it. like he was always the cool guy because he's stealing cars, not because right. he can get girls. That's never part of the plot. Plot. So it's weird to see like just a, a model hanging out because it wasn't like that in the other two. Well, it's not. There's Mr. Cool. You see the right. plate? It, mm-hmm. And it's funnier early in the film if you're watching it with the uh, sound. This is Lyle Wagner's car. Because Carl goes, Mr. Cool was already taken. They're like, that, that you don't know me? That's your plate? He goes, well, Mr. Cool was already taken. I thought uh, that was Hey, I, I'm here to take Mr. Cool's car. <laughs> We've seen all this. We've seen all this. He's, He's not here, man. Dave's not here. Oh, that's a ripoff. I went to the Wellmont Theater in Oh, yes, in Montclair. Maybe we're talking uh, 2017, 2018, something like that. And I saw Cheech and Chong, and essentially they did all the bits you already know. Still smoking? And they weren't doing, like, their – it wasn't like, oh, the greatest hits, like a rock band playing their – I was lazy. It was lazy. They were doing their old thing. Went they to the Wilmot to see that. So uh, yeah, I bet you it was still smoking. Where they go to Amsterdam and then they just ends with the concert. Uh, do you remember what that was a film that 
Cheech and Chong did. Was that a, considered a ripoff in your opinion? Well, there's no story. I mean, it's not necessarily a ripoff because I know they're going to do material. So mm-hmm. I know that as a Cheech and Chong fan, I'm seeing it so they can act, get on all fours and sniff each other's butts like dogs. Right. You know? That was, they did that, like the dogs greeting yeah. each other. Do you remember the one where the guy has the gun and then the other guy gets the gun? They did that one. Yeah, 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 they yeah. Did Dave's not here. They did yeah. think that you'd be tickled. Oh, it's all their old classics. But I was the, watching the, it going, guys. But You're the tagline, the tagline of that movie is that you'll be rolling in the aisles. Uh-huh. Were you not rolling in the aisles at the Wellmont? In uh, no, I was. You well, I was with a bunch of friends, including including Tom Kroll and Jimmy Roger. Well, yeah, I guess you don't know Jimmy, but including a lot of names you'd know from right. history. So it was very appropriate. Listen to him. Listen to him. All right, never mind. We missed it. We missed Carl. Halicki is the insurance adjuster as he was before. He's Madrian Page. It's the same thing he's investigating. So now Hoyt is like, listen, for some reason, my daughter loves this Lucifer. Please try to recover this car for my daughter's sake. Forget this guy. This is the director's cut where a decade later, he kind of fleshed out the story a bit. Made a new story that he tacked on top of. Look, the, is it really a director's cut? I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, well, you know, MTV, uh, real world MTV had a theatrically released movie, MTV uh, Tycoon. Yeah, and I can't find a copy. I'm, I've checked YouTube every week. Uh, Cancun, it was Tatcoon. What? Cancun. Cancun. Right? Like yeah. City. Okay. Uh, and I know that it was released exclusively on video on Best Buy back in the back when it came out. So who knows the history? But that seems like what? Uh, well, I don't know. TV movie, TVs have become movies. Not, are they ripoffs? I mean, yes. some animated films. Are, wait, wait. Like TV shows that become a movie and they shoot a whole movie—that's okay. But right. TV when take, shows. But what about like what about a children's show? Like let's say the uh, Rud Rats or. Wild Thornberries, right. or even Bob's Burgers, God bless, uh, and the Simpsons movie from 07, don't you feel like they just basically three episodes in a row? But as an audience member, that's kind of what I want to see, right? Well, okay, I remember the Simpsons movie in which they were stuck in the dome or right. whatever. It really was an hour and a half its own movie. It wasn't like they made three TV shows and butt-ended them. But don't you feel like there was three storylines going on during it? So, like, Lisa met this this charming boy in the first third and then you know uh bart leaves homer for flanders in the second uh third i have to watch it again yeah like it seemed like episodes like beelines whatever but that's what i expect from the simpsons and you're right the globe was a theatrically released idea like that's Uh something you want to see as a movie now we saw this before this is the guy steve that you know they have to get rid of the car because uh, Somebody noticed that it was stolen, so to get rid of their implication, they're going to tow off the truck and have it de- the car and have it destroyed. It's the same thing we saw in. I'm even like listening to myself talk about it, and it's like, don't. It's yeah, not right. We've seen this. We have, you know. So he passed away. The dog, the police dog. Remember, he's on top right. of the roof, and you were like. What is this ridiculous? You were right. I mean, it's overkill. Well, they they train the dog to sniff out car thieves. Yeah, that's the thing. It's a, a guy in a tow truck. Why is he sniffing a 
cops at all. I don't know why the cops stopped him. This whole film was financed on cocaine. Like, the dog should be dead by this point. <laughs> you shouldn't be this website, does the dog die? It should be, does the dog get high? Yeah, right. Like the canine movies, like Jim Belushi. Wait, I don't know if I want to take the family. Let me check does the dog get high.com first. Oh, no. Always in movies, you see them putting the beer in the water of the dog. Uh huh, right. Usually with the dog food in it. That was a strange brew, right? With Hoser, dog, they had a poor. Yes. uh, And then, where's my beer? I wish it was on YouTube. Mel Mel Blanc is the voice of the father. Yeah, that's right. Where's my. The boys brought beer. You know, they got jobs. <laughs> Watch this and oh, close the door. Then he, they catch him having sex. He walks into his parents having sex, and it's it's Bob and Doug dressed up as parents. Oh, as, but I forgot that scene. And they have Mel Blanc's voice. Close the door. Um, so, when viewed after director H.B. Halicki's second movie, The Junk Man, this film becomes an interesting use of metafiction, just like you oh, said. Hey, I'm all for it. You know, I've never met a fiction actor. <laughs> Both, I did that joke on stage. I, I don't, it's not in my act currently, but I like Metamucil. Like, now I'm at my age. I'm looking back. I never met a musil I didn't like. That's good. A lot of people say it's gritty. I don't know. It's all right. I thought you were going like Metamucil, like, oh, yeah, I have some postmodern medicine for Metamucil. <laughs> Most of the movie is a shortened version of Halicki's first film, Gone in 60 Seconds, 1974, with a new lengthy opening sequence, really was, and various other new scenes, which create a new subplot surrounding Hoyt Axton as the LAPD Auto Theft Division's lead. Because right, Hoyt's introduced in the second movie. He was nowhere in the universe of the first movie. Right, he was not. And now yeah. he's getting they merged. Out. He's merging them. Once again, it's H.B. Halicki's brother who's working that crane. Of course, we're going back to 74 here. I feel, I feel ripped off watching this film because I'm watching right now. I know I got my new footage in the beginning, but H.B., right. man, Toby, Toby, dude. You could have made a whole film. You know it's within your wheelhouse. You know it's within your right. power. Well, you we we, we love the guy. We love these movies. We have absolute respect. It is a shame he passed away. He was shooting a sequel to Gone with 60 Seconds. So right. I don't understand in this universe that he's created where it would place. So in the sequel, it would have Hoyt. It would have the brother. It would have everyone from the first two movies and this movie. No, it would well, be. A... You know, I guess I would suggest we see it, but the thing is, it's it's like only thirty minutes. It's forty minutes. Well, maybe yeah. when, you know, Carl, we should register for the uh, Muni Radio Comedy Festival. Maybe fly three thousand miles. You yeah, know, Francis, when is it? Uh, I, Pam has the uh, as of this recording. It is uh, the uh, enrollments are available and details are available at muniradio.fm. Hey, Don't are you? Are you a comedian from St. Louis? Come on down. I remember when we did there go there, there were comedians from Colorado. Yeah, across from, the country. It was really yeah. cool. And we had them all on our show. There was a woman who was a homeless comedian. Yeah, and I'm and friends with her on Facebook. She was like, I can be homeless here. I can be homeless there. Just don't have a home. It's like, all right. I think she does a lot of road gigs. Too. Yeah, she must. Because uh, she has the ability to free and she was funny. Yeah. Yeah, it was good stuff. So if she's doing it again, something like that, we could just do 40 minutes within the hour recording. Now, I want to say that in, in Gone in 60 Seconds 2, when he died, 
did not die in a stunt driving a car or something like that. He did die by just a freak accident of the set. You said you know? it was a water tower that fell well, off. Their pl- no, good, good call, but no, there was a water tower that was going to topple over in the scene. And the way they were going to get it to topple over wasn't by the crash, but they were going to pull cables. Okay, One of those tight cables snapped. It swung down and hit a light pole, like basically chopped it, and that light pole, or t- a telephone pole, and that's what fell on HD. Oh, my God. So he didn't die in a stunt. Right, he wasn't jumping over the cars at the end of Gone in sixty seconds, hurting himself. It was just a freak. Right, we've seen this all before. I know this is, and this is actually in that tank. Remember? Yeah, I don't know if you remember. I know this is seventy four, not eighty five. Okay, he gets in to steal the car, and surprise, there's a tiger cub in there. Right. Yeah. Right. I remember this. Huh? Duh. They they put in the roar sounds. Oh, you know, to answer my question from two weeks ago, the window was cracked open in the end. No, it wasn't. No, he he cracked. He broke into it. That's how. I'm sure the tiger was very safe. They didn't abandon an animal. I don't know. It's 1974. Like you go to a beer place, you park your car, and you you roll the windows up, and your tiger like will suffocate. Listen, put a tiger in your tank. Not in the yeah, backseat. Yeah, right, not in your backseat. Okay, there's an interview with Halicki, and he says that he was not excited by the first 30 minutes of the original film. Do you remember it was the train crash investigation? Yeah. There was okay a real-life train crash, and Halicki heard about it, and he goes, great, get great. the crew, we're going to put this in the and film. And then 10 years later, it's like, that's the worst part of my movie. Well, why would that's I go right. with my impulse? You know what that's I should do? Right. I should redo the movie. What a great impulsive idea. That right. there. We're seeing where the uh, the the Eleanor lives, just like we did. Up, oh, new footage, new footage. Yeah. What did you guys find out? Go ahead, listen, listen. He's wearing a boss hog for president T-shirt. The guy on the left was in Junk Man. He's merging his uni- cinematic universes. Now, this is gone in 60 seconds, and the guy was going to let him test drive. So he gets out to switch seats with him, and then our hero just drives away. Rips off car. <laughs> oh, have you seen the Michael Jackson footage? Remember he passed away, and he was going to go on a worldwide tour, and one of the things oh. they did, and I think it was in Las Vegas. So they re- filmed his rehearsal. and When he died, they released that as a movie. I've seen it. Uh, is that a ripoff? They well, what? The I, they were soaking. It's a cash grab. It's all we got of them. Yeah. It wasn't intended to be theatrically released. It was, you know, it was an expensive production that they recorded. It's not a movie, but it is a album. This happened to Hendrix over and over and over. People would release a record of that was Hendrix, and it was just a recording of this rehearsal or whatever, another take or whatever. Right. So the Michael Jackson stuff, did it look like he was in rehearsal, or did it look? Yeah, like- no, it was. It was for a show. So they, it was a lot of fill, not filler. I mean, it depends on your view of history, but the dancers auditioning and they would talk to the camera. I'm really excited to be oh. with Mr. Jackson. This is my childhood dream. And then they show him on this Vegas love. stage, and he's like walking through his songs and he's performing them. 
and you know then they have like working with the people and the people talk and then people are like oh i love michael jackson oh how sad you know like uh did you think that they were soaking footage that they could have never used and just cranking out a movie it's so mixed because you know the history of michael jackson he was so in the hole and he was going to have they wanted him to perform so much like this is right before he died money wise yeah you know remember he's just burning money and everything and all this stuff so he needed to go back in the public light he needed to work oh he found heroin yeah right let me check we saw this in the earth i don't even feel like telling you so you remember the bad guy is like let's sell this heroin and right yeah the bad guy the adversary and he's like no drugs the only type of topless women are the ones you find in a garage no sex no drugs now the same thing like I had to say to you in Gone in 60 Seconds, like, you think H.B. Halicki's being really smart. If this is heroin, we return it to the mob or whoever. We just put the car back where you found it. But then instead, H.B. Halicki burns the car, and it doesn't make any sense. We why never really wouldn't... did. They don't shoot him at the end, like Ozark. Yeah, like in Ozark. Right, so they spilled the heroin on the floor, so they're going to move the car over it. Well, they're actually going to have the cop himself do it. It was pretty right, clever when right. we saw the I film. Remember. Yeah, so the Michael Jackson, it was like he was going to do the show and they were going to overwork him. It was not a pos- possible. So for me to see the footage, yes, it's archi- I mean, it's the closest I'm going to ever get to see what this train wreck what this was supposed to be so you know i I watched it uh but i didn't watch it as a movie i didn't watch it as a performance i watched it because it existed yeah okay so it's a mixed bag of if it's newer okay so the cop missed the heroin he's sitting he's the one going ah there's a thief there's a car thief ring around here keep your nose okay madrian pace your eyes out let me you know you can't but... you can't miss them they're shady characters oh, all right all right we got you yeah they have horrible taste of clothing okay all right man Aliki sought to improve upon the original gone in 60 seconds 1974 by re-releasing it with these new scenes which are far more extravagant and costly than it was than was originally shot without the different title it could almost be a director's cut of the original movie I kind of don't agree that it could be a director's cut. I mean, it's no, he, supposed he, to be its own film. I'll, I respect it for that because he did. He took. He said, "Oh, you know what? I'm going to course correct. I'm going to recon this. I'm going to say that the people in the second movie were in the first movie the whole time, and this is how it's going to look." This guy was so cool. He was such a badass. It was absolutely in his power to make a new film, and we see that from the entire opening. I really think he was being lazy here and just cranking out okay let's look at what movies he did make because maybe this was the only lazy one well i mean he's independently financing these movies you know maybe he couldn't afford yeah. a full-length movie and he he knew that he had enough original movie movie footage he can get this in the theaters and make back his money i guess you're right it's just that he he certainly had a lot of movie from the first film and he spent it on a property and amassing a collection of interesting things. Maybe you're right. Maybe he ran down of. Okay. Love Me Deadly Racer in 72. He was an actor and associate producer. But then <clears throat> 74, gone in 60 seconds. 
82 is the junk man. Right. So he went through his money, maybe, and said, I got to make a new film because that was um, uh, eight years later. It took him two years to make the film. Then he had a documentary also in 82 called The Making of the Junk Man. That sounds pretty cheap, right? Just did a. 83 was Deadline Auto Thief, only one year later. So he obviously. He must have had extra footage or he wanted to, he had an envision. Because the second movie is about it, the director of Gone with the 60 Seconds. So he probably was like, you know what? I have all these ideas. I got to. Now, in 88, he did something called Deadly Addiction, in which he was simply the actor. I don't know about that film. Really? Yeah. But in 89, we had our Gone in 60 Seconds, too. He was going to make a whole new film, and that's when he passed. Uh, which was, yeah. I'm curious. Like He must have worked within Hollywood as a stuntman, right? Or as a coordinator or something no. like that? No. No. Does have the uh, title of stuntman in his credits of producer, director, actor, but it's his own films. So we're, hey, look, that red car on the wall, that was in the opening credits of The Junk Man. He's pointing at I what, don't. Right there. By, oh, that he, car. It was in the credits in the opening. Yeah. It's funny, like, you know, they have a good sense of humor, like these, like, car garages where they have all this knickknacks on the wall, right? The peace mm-hmm. signs and shit like that. And then The Junk Man, his own toy house is fucking wicked, you know? It yeah. has, like, even more shit on the wall. Yep, there's to John Wick. Uh, Five million dollars for John Wick. Hello, I'm, I have tattoos and I'm using old timey telephone contract. He has been expurpated. Ex what? They took like old fashioned ex. I forgot excommunicated or something. Uh huh. He's out of the Russian mob. What is the word it. when you take a church and you excommunicated? Excommunicated. Oh, no, no, you get. It's not holy anymore. Church. Like there's a church that's holy, and then the holiness is removed. They did that with the hotel. Remember, you couldn't kill people in the Continental. And then in the second movie, they're like, fuck that shit. That's been removed. And they start, no, in the third movie. And they start I beating each other up. I don't know the term. Ex? Ex, uh, Ex- I don't know. Certified? I learned a lot of words in John Wick. I learned what parlay means. Didn't right? know parlay? Well, I didn't know that you walk into a, a rooftop and go, parlay? Like, I, I saw it in context. <laughs> We should have a parlay. Let's have a parlay. Here comes John Wake at the rooftop. Parlay. In medieval France, there would be a war, and you would do a parlay, which meant the, the leader of the opposite army was allowed to come in and negotiate in your territory, and you promise you weren't going to kill him. That's it just was- one view of French history. What is Adam Driver's story? Think <laughs> of- <laughs> and then there was parlay in evoked in the uh, Johnny Depp films, the Pirates of the Caribbean was used in that. Oh, really? Yeah, that's where it came from. Okay, now, in Gone in 60 Seconds, you had to go to the bathroom or something. You left, and I watched this with the audience, and I complained that it's the worst. We're going to see Palicki walking these cars, and then um, Well, the woman is cut with her in the office. Just thinking. It goes back and forth and back and forth. What's her name? Pumpkin was her name. 
So here we see Halicki walking cars. Then we see Pumpkin in the office looking at pictures. It's just so stupid how much time is wasted on what we're seeing right now. And it doesn't make sense because H.P. Halicki was all about showing you action on the screen. Right. Well, he's showing his toys. I mean, he's, he's no, about... this is, he's got to go to the cars he stole and take out the Eleanor and return it because it was uninsured. And then they'll go... If you haven't listened to the episode, Eleanor is this like holy grail of cars. Well, it's the code name for the 1973 Mustang, Ford Mustang, because it was never going to be another Mustang made. So it was the popular, most popular car of the day. And that's why it was the one seat. He's walking. He's walking. He is walking. Ah, interesting. An open hood. He's walking. She's thinking. He is thinking. He yeah, is walking. This is, this is not a good director's choice, I guess. Yeah. Look at the cameras moving both ways. Yep. Someone's walking, camera moves. Someone's sitting in place, camera's moving. Now he's in the Eleanor. He's got a return. And now we're going to stop seeing this screen sequence. And we're going to get our 40-minute chase scene. Right, the famous 40-minute chase. Right, and why are we watching it again? It's already famous. Maybe she's like Kingpin or something. Like, like she's just thinking about the family and the histories of the family. I can't believe no, I don't that's know. Pumpkin. That's the love interest of, uh, of H.P. Halicki. Yeah, of which is Madrian Pace. Not Adrian. Not Adrian. It's Madrian. Why? That's Madrian Pace. So she is not. She's a worker bee. Because right. Make sure the cars are insured. Well, you know, I actually in the last two weeks that we've seen this, and I know that I walked out for a cigarette. Uh, I have the I have the script, and according to it, she's thinking like, "Oh, I hope he's okay." And then she's like, "Did I let the dog a cat out? Let the cat out? No. Oh. Did I leave the yeah? Did I leave the stove on? Did I leave the stove on? Hey, did I?" Is there really all the days of the weekends with dogs? That's crazy. That's not true in Spanish, <laughs> though. All days. That makes sense. Okay, so oh. Eleanor's returned, and they're going to go steal the new one from the, uh, the apartment building where they saw it originally. And meanwhile, the bad guy has tipped off the cop who's looking for the ring. Right. Because if you want to find this ring, then put a stake out on the such-and-such apartment. And that's going to lead us to our 40-minute chase. Or it's a weird. This is like the pre. This is the prologue of the chase. This yeah, is setting it up. Three, three. Wow, look at that! He got a camera up on a telephone pole. Is it prologue and epilogue? Is that how that goes before? Yeah. And after? Okay, this is the prologue. The prologue says, "Listen, this is going to be really good. I'm so pro for this." And then the epilogue is like, um, ten years later. <laughs> <laughs> so the there was a, a writer who only did logs. He would log his uh, epilepsy. He would log down. He was very good at it. He was Is a pro, pro log. Yeah, he was a pro at it. Yeah, and he would do his, his uh, epilogue of his epilepsy. Okay, I don't know why we're watching this film anymore from this point on. It's just going to be what we saw before. So If you, if you don't think these jokes are funny, it's because Carl and I are amateur logs. <laughs> not a prologue. Yeah, this is it. Oh, look, it's the John Wick uh, 
Five million bounty for John Wick sending out. Why was she punching a punch clock? Because she was, she was placing the order for the assassinate John Wick. I guess o'clock. it's two computers and it was a timestamp for the paperwork, I guess. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah, probably. That's how you keep the bureaucracy working. Oh, here we go. We said it last week. Sabotage. <laughs> I can't stand it. I know you I... planned it. I'm going to sit straight this water deep. Yeah, I just saw a movie commercial with that song used. Kids movie. It was a great uh, video, right? Great video. Yeah, yeah. Top, so it was really good. They did a, like, Sophia Coppola had a show on Comedy Central, and uh-huh. one of the things she did was she interviewed them in character. As the cops? Yeah, they're That's like really a. It's, it's interesting. Because you're all in my face! Now the car alarm's going off, so he's going to deactivate it. And that's a tip-off to the cops. And it's like, oh, if you hear a car alarm, it might mean stolen obes. Oh, that's what a car alarm is? The International Tower. Yeah. Whipping off somebody. I need to live in a building that has a stupid title on it. Look how he has got high heels and bell bottoms. It is the day. Right, and then it cuts to this 85 where they're all like, Right, because this film came out in 82, and Bell Bottoms were seriously way done, way over. And you certainly didn't wear high heels as a, well, maybe that's not true. I better not start talking now. Carl, do you consider a sequel that just repeats the uh, the first movie a ripoff? Yes. Like, yeah. Like a flashback or something? Well, no, it would be like uh, Blues Brothers 2000. They have to get the band back together again right. and, and then at the end perform for the devil or whatever. But uh... um, Okay, Blues Brothers 2000 wasn't a ripoff because they really did make their own film, but it was lame because they were trying to recreate. It's not, it couldn't be done. It couldn't be yeah. done. They had a, they had a hit. And I saw in a theater where, where the James Brown performance, it was it was a great moment in being in the theater because yes. everyone was lit to it. It was all a good show. But yeah, uh, like, not Ghostbusters, but some films, like, I don't know, there's a nostalgia value. If you're doing a sequel to a 30-year-old movie, you want to acknowledge the cultural references, but on the other hand, I guess, there like, the new Jurassic Park with the original cast yeah. called back. I guess that's not a ripoff because they're expanding, continuing the story. Yeah, so my son, when he was little, really loved Jurassic Park. He did. And then he liked the second one, which was uh, To Live and Die as a Dinosaur in L.A. That's right. Yeah, it was shot in Canada. And then he liked the third one just because the... The Los Angeles world. I remember that. L.A. world. Now, the third one was um, with uh, Julianne Moore and Vince... Right, and that was called Jurassic Park Three. They were just like, "Fuck it." That's in Larry Sanders. Larry Sanders, uh, uh, Jeffrey Tambor's character, the sidekick. Uh, Already, already goes up to Vince Vaughn playing himself, and he's like, Mm -hmm. "Who are you?" And he goes, "I was in Jurassic Park." (laughs) 